Chapter 42 Explosive Jack and Lou crept around the perimeter of the building, avoiding main corridors and walkways, trying their best to stay out of sight. Luke was still connected with Bosco, but found that trying to juggle the silent connection between Jack and Bosco, all at the same time, was making his head hurt and kicking his ass. It required serious focus, which in light of his current situation, wasn't easy to maintain. He could see where Bosco and Eamon had found two additional explosive devices. That's good, he thought. Bosco and Eamon were on a roll, and he could tell that they were getting a feel for how Beth and her merry band of shitheads had wired the building. He clicked away from the dog to focus on his current situation. Jack and Luke came to what appeared to be a dead end. Luke gave Jack a what-the-fuck look, to which he responded by pointing upward to a small metal catwalk that traversed the entire facility. We're taking this, Jack said telepathically. Of course we are, Luke replied sarcastically, shaking his head. Luke gave Jack a leg up so he could reach the fire escape-style ladder and pull it down. It was rickety as shit and had seen better days for sure. This is completely fucked up, Luke muttered. As always, Jack ignored him, and then they climbed up, ducking under the rail to make it onto the main platform. Jack had thought it all out, always a couple of steps ahead, playing chess while everyone else, Luke included, was playing checkers. They made their way quietly across the platform. The bird's eye view was helpful, but there were so many corridors and large rooms within the enormous building, they couldn't see everything. It was an enormous maze from their vantage point. Luke had no clue where they were going, but Jack seemed like he did, so Luke kept his head down, following closely, trying not to make too much noise. Jack quickly shot him a thought. Stop. Don't make a sound. Luke heard the faint sounds of footsteps and conversation growing louder. Within a few seconds, he could clearly see a large red-headed guard and a good-looking brunette walking down the hall with what appeared to be two prisoners. Who the hell are they? Luke asked. That's the guard who caught me, the one that works for Magnus. I don't know who the tall, goofy dude is with the bad skin, but the one with the lab coat is Gomes. That's the virus scientist. He's someone I really need to kick the shit out of. Serena Green? Well, that's the girl. She's the one that got me into this whole mess in the first place. Luke looked at Serena and did a double take. She was drop-dead gorgeous and carried herself in a way that was beyond confident. Sex appeal was busting through the seams of her running suit. Serena? Huh. Goddamn, she's hot, Luke thought. He strained to get a better look and accidentally tripped, grabbing the handrail with a slight slapping sound. He froze, ducking and closing his eyes. Shit, are we busted, he asked. Jack just motioned him to stay still. Neither the guard or the other men acknowledged the sound, but Serena subtly scanned the rafters and settled her gaze in Jack's direction, then quickly looked away. So these two will be taken to the chopper, Serena asked Eric, the guard. Yeah, we'll put them in the reception area for now. That very nice woman with a gun that you met earlier will take them with her when she leaves, Eric said as they continued walking. Are we good, Luke asked scared to open his eyes for the fear of fucking something else up. Looks like it, Jack replied. She was the one that got me into this shit, kicked me in the nuts, and drugged me too, Jack said. Well, she sounds like a complicated woman, Luke said with a wink. 
They stood still for a minute, making sure that they were really gone. Luke reconnected with Bosco. He saw Eamon at work pulling the detonator out of another explosive device. They were all similar. A block of plastic explosive with a small radio detonation device inserted into the end attached to a major load-bearing support. He watched Eamon put the plastic explosives in a small box, tuck it under his arm, and then head down to another minor corridor. While plugged into Bosco, Luke suddenly heard heavy breathing and the smell of a different person near Bosco and Eamon. It was too late. Luke heard the muted slap and saw Eamon go down on one knee as a guard jumped on top of him and began to flail punches like a pissed-off MMA fighter. It took a split second to register. Luke could tell that his connection with Bosco was confusing both of them. He quickly visualized the dog chomping down hard on the guard's shoulder. Bosco took it from there. He lunged toward the guard, his oversized canine teeth cutting through the guard's shirt, past the skin, and firmly into muscle. Luke could sense the shock of the guard as he was momentarily paralyzed, unable to throw another punch, trying to figure out what had hold of him and why his arm wouldn't move. That was all Eamon needed as he grabbed the guard's vest collar with his left hand, pulling him close, then pushed his right arm past the opposite side of the guard's head, wrapping it around his neck, then pulling his head straight down, hard enough to torque the guard's neck and inspire a what-the-fuck look as his head smacked the concrete floor. Eamon rolled on top of him quickly and delivered several vicious blows to the head, rendering the guard unconscious. Luke looked down at the guard with his Bosco vision and noticed a key ring on his belt that looked like it belonged to a locksmith. There were at least 30 keys on it. Without hesitation, he quickly connected with Jack to facilitate a three-way call between them and the dog, hoping he could see the guard in the key ring. Luke had only maintained the connection for a few seconds. Is that him? Luke asked Jack, who was completely stunned by what was happening, but knew immediately what Luke meant. Yeah, that's the guard that was in the vault, and those are the keys we need to get Quan out. Jack shook his head, trying to understand what was happening. So, I was connected to Bosco through you? Jack asked incredulously. Luke nodded. Damn, that's cool. But we need those keys, though, Jack said. Luke had eyes and ears on Eamon through the dog, but didn't have a way to communicate with him. Shit. He flashed Bosco a picture to get him to chew the keys off the guard's belt loop and heard Eamon in a hushed but urgent tone trying to get Bosco to stop and to follow him. Thankfully, it wasn't working. Eamon finally stopped and walked up to the guard. Looking at Bosco, then back down at the guard, Luke saw Eamon's eyes widen and could tell that he understood as he reached down and unbuckled the guard's key ring and slipped it into the box. Eamon's got the guard keys, Luke said. Cool. What are they doing with the explosive? Jack asked. Eamon's taking the detonators out of them and boxing them up. Shouldn't be many more left, Luke said. Are the detonators radioactivated? Jack asked. Yeah, via cell phone. We saw the receivers, Luke said. Shit. We need to find Magnus then. He's the one with the code, Jack said. What are you talking about? Fuck, Magnus. We need to get those keys, rescue Quan, and haul ass out of here, Luke screamed in Jack's head. Damn it, Luke. There's no telling how many devices they've planted. You heard Serena. They're getting ready to leave. We need to find them. Otherwise, we may not make it out anyway. Not to mention that goddamn virus. 
That can't get out. Luke shook his head. Jack was playing hero, and it was starting to bug the shit out of him. Worse, Jack was starting to make sense. Fuck it. Fine. Let's find that douchebag and get out of here, Luke said. They traversed the catwalk for five minutes, never in a straight line. The scaffolding seemed to run perpendicular to where they needed to go, so they had to walk down one walkway, find a connecting bridge, then walk back up the other way. It looked like a big version of a rope line at a fast food restaurant. Luke heard Eamon and Bosco near them, the distinct click of Bosco's nails on concrete and the sound of a door opening and closing. Then there was nothing. They must have gone into the office section, Jack said. Explosives in there, you think? Luke asked. Jack nodded. Yeah, I imagine so. Magnus is in there, right? Luke asked. Jack shot a worried look to Luke. Shit. We need to get in there, then, Luke sighed expectantly. Jack looked around the catwalk in search of an exit ladder. Luke saw his thoughts. Then Jack asked, Can you see what's going on with Bosco? Luke nodded and quickly connected with the dog. He could see Eamon and Bosco in a small hallway. To the right was a corridor leading to the receptionist's desk and a small section of the large front atrium. Eamon looked down at the dog to see if everything was cool. Luke could tell that Bosco was slightly confused. There were several competing smells and the overwhelming scent of fresh gunpowder, lingering human scent, and plastic explosives. Before Luke could tell Bosco to stay put, Eamon pushed through the cracked door and slowly walked in, Bosco trailing behind. They found themselves in another small hallway lined with offices. The double doors at the end of the hall were open. Luke had sensed that that's where the action had taken place. Jack nudged Luke to find out what was going on, but Luke held up his hand and stood still, trying hard to concentrate. Eamon and Bosco walked slowly down the hall and peeked through the open doorway. Eamon balked at what he saw. Bosco followed him quickly. The strange concoction of smells and explosives just proved too alluring. Through Bosco, Luke saw the body of a middle-aged man slumped in his chair with a neat bullet hole in his forehead. He quickly grabbed Jack's arm and connected, allowing Jack to see what Bosco saw. That's Magnus. Damn it. Who's got his phone? Jack asked. Luke tried to focus Bosco on Magnus's body to look for the phone, but Bosco blocked him out. He was still looking for explosives. Within seconds, he had found what he was looking for and let out a low growl, knocking Eamon out of his momentary shock. Eamon shook his head to clear the cobwebs and quickly found the explosives, pulled the detonator, and threw them in the box. Bosco went back to Magnus and began sniffing looking at Eamon and then sniffing and nudging the body with more intensity. Eamon, aware the dog was after something, walked over and began going through his pockets. He found a wallet, complete with Magnus's ID and some loose change, but nothing resembling a wireless detonation device or a mobile phone. Bosco's concentration shifted in a flash as he and Luke heard the sound of a bullet being racked in the chamber of a handgun and saw Eamon turn quickly to see who it was. Fucking Beth! She's in there and she's got a gun, Luke said inside Jack's head. Luke heard Beth as clearly as if she was talking to him. You're not going to find it, she said calmly. I have it. She smiled and held up Magnus's mobile phone. Bosco seemed to sense Luke's desire to get the phone and leapt for it. 
The connection severed as Jack and Luke heard the roar of a gunshot from the office below. We've got to get in there! Luke's frantic, raw emotion flowed telepathically. Jack quickly powered up, traversing the catwalk over the offices and pointed straight down. Let's go! For some inexplicable reason, Luke knew exactly what his brother meant and sprung into action along with him. It was all a blur as they jumped over the railing and on top of the office roof with their heels, their momentum and weight punching through the drywall, the insulation, and the ceiling tiles. Luke landed on Beth, a cloud of dust enveloping in the room. Get the fuck off me, Beth yelled, her voice muted by the acoustic ceiling tile covering her forehead. Luke could see Jack beside him, clutching his ankle, clearly in pain, trying to see through the dust. Luke didn't move, but remained planted on Beth, scanning the room. Eamon was on the floor, a stunned look on his face from the gunshot and their sudden entrance, but otherwise in good shape. Bosco was stretched out on the floor, not moving. Luke could see blood on his left shoulder. No, he screamed, removing the ceiling tile from Beth's face. He could tell from her expression that he must have looked like a madman and quickly delivered his fist to the side of her face, knocking her unconscious. He jumped off Beth and crawled over to Bosco, who was breathing, but in short, fast bursts, his eyes open but immovable, obviously in shock. Jack tried to stand but had difficulty putting his weight on his ankle. Eamon helped him up, giving him a huge hug in the process. Luke cradled Bosco's head and whispered, Hold on, man. He looked back up at Eamon and Jack. You gotta get out of here, Luke said. No fucking way. You and Bosco are coming with us, Jack said through a grimace. Luke stopped talking and telepathically connected with Jack. Do it. You gotta get Quan. I'll take care of the Boz and see if this asshole girlfriend of yours knows where the other explosives are. Jack couldn't argue with his logic. Okay, but don't fuck around, Jack said out loud. I won't, but make sure you don't go out the front. There's a chopper out there and I have no idea what you'll run into. Go back through the loading area. Eamon knows where the car is parked, Luke said seriously. Jack grabbed the box of explosives under one arm and put the other arm around Eamon's shoulder to steady himself. They limped off quickly down the hall to get Quan. Bosco's wounds didn't appear to be life-threatening. Luke found a hand towel in Magnus's bathroom and did his best to wrap it around the wound. He was so focused tending to Bosco's wound that he didn't see Beth until it was too late. She hit him in the head with a haymaker, her fist connecting with his ear. Luke was stunned but remained upright on one knee. She came closer to deliver another blow when Luke reached out in an attempt to pull himself up. She quickly turned away, but not before his hand found the waistband of her yoga pants, yanking him down and exposing one of the truly great asses of the century. For a moment, he was completely enthralled by her ass in all its glory, finally understanding how Jack could deal with her bitchy personality. Beth stared at her pants, which were down around her knees, and gave Luke a stare that could melt a polar cap. She yanked her pants back up while Luke used Magnus's oversized desk to help get to his feet. You motherfucker, she screamed as she punched him square in the jaw. Her blow was lightning fast and came out of nowhere, sending Luke backwards over Magnus's desk, but not before his left shoe connected with her jaw on the way back. Luke tumbled to the floor behind the desk, seeing stars. The room was quiet, but for a brief second, 
He thought his foot may have connected with Beth, but wasn't sure, and didn't know if he could survive another punch from that crazy bitch. After a few seconds, he heard the sounds of footsteps, and realizing that it wasn't likely Jack or Eamon, his spirits sank. What the hell happened? Serena Green asked as she entered Magnus's office to find Beth on the floor. He's back there, Luke heard Beth saying groggily. He was fucked. But within seconds, hundreds of scenarios played out in his head. Then without thinking, he opened the desk drawer directly above his head. He frantically fished around for what he hoped most criminals kept in their desk drawer. He felt a pair of keys and quickly found what he was looking for. Magnus's gun. Behind the desk? He heard a man ask as he entered the room. Yeah, shoot the bastard, Beth ordered. Luke heard the man pull back a slide of his weapon and let go a quick burst of automatic fire into the desk. There was a wood panel on the front of the desk, so no one could see Magnus getting a blowjob from his secretary. But Luke knew it wouldn't stop a bullet. He slid over behind the drawer bank quickly and waited for the burst to subside. When he heard the man working the weapon slide again, he threw his arm up over the desk and began firing in their direction. He heard a deep thump as a bullet found flesh and another quick howl from one of the females. Let's get the fuck out of here, he heard Serena shout, then the telltale movements of someone dragging an accomplice down the hall. He stayed under the desk for a few seconds, shaking and hoping to God there was no one else waiting to blow his head off. He peeked his head up slowly and saw the guard sprawled on the floor, a heap of insulation dangling from the ceiling and Bosco lifting his head. He walked over to the guard, gun drawn. The man was dead, a clean shot through the neck. Damn lucky, Luke thought, then he leaned over to Bosco. The dog licked his face and started panting like they were playing. Luke took a closer look at the dog's shoulder. With the blood cleaned up, he could tell the bullet missed meat and bone, poking a hole in the saggy part of neck skin above his shoulder. Luke tried to lift him, but could feel Bosco pushing back in his mind, choosing to stand on his own. Bosco limped a little, but otherwise seemed no worse for the wear, especially considering he'd been shot. With Bosco out of immediate danger, the first thing that popped into Luke's mind was hauling ass. The second thing that popped into his mind was Magnus's cell phone that Beth had dangled in front of Eamon and Boz, the detonation device. Fuck, he whispered, kicking at the roofing material, trying to find the phone up under it. It was nowhere to be found. He connected to Jack. I can't find the detonator. Magnus's phone. We're fucked, Luke said. Don't worry. I got it. Just hurry up, Jack replied. Luke severed the connection when he heard the sound of chopper blades spinning up, which he suspected was Beth's getaway ride. He remembered the keys in Magnus's drawer and quickly ran over to retrieve them. He was in luck. They looked like spare car keys. He flashed Bosco a quick thought. Bosco barked in response, understanding what needed to be done. Luke tried to grab the guard's weapon, but the shoulder strap was entangled around the dead man. Luke realized he didn't have time to free the gun and gave up. Luke and Bosco ran down the hallway into the large limestone-laden atrium, searching for the front door in a sea of floor-to-ceiling glass. He could see the helicopter 50 yards from the door and saw Serena holding up Beth with one hand, a gun in the other and pointed at the two men he had seen earlier, Gomes and Charles being pushed toward the chopper. Luke found the door, 
and he and Bosco ran into the large courtyard. Beth and Serena were too far away, and Luke knew he couldn't catch up to them. Bosco read his mind and sprang into action, hauling ass toward the chopper with nothing more than a slight hitch in his gait from the gunshot. Serena must have seen the look on the pilot's face as he saw the dog running toward them. She grabbed Beth and practically threw her through the open door of the chopper, then squeezed off a few rounds in Bosco's direction. Bosco veered, but kept coming. He saw Serena make a calculated decision as she put one foot on the chopper's landing rail and beckoned the two men to run toward the aircraft. The men's eyes shot open wide as they saw the dark brown hound from hell barreling toward them. Far more afraid of him than whatever Beth had in store for them, they made a run for the chopper. They were only 20 yards from the aircraft, but unable to gather any momentum. They made it five more yards before Bosco went airborne, crashing into Gomes and taking him down. Charles jumped the last five feet and made it into the chopper, successfully cushioning his fall with his face. Serena pointed the gun at Bosco, then raised it and fired in his direction, screaming at the pilot to take off. Luke stood at the door of the massive complex watching the helicopter rise. He couldn't help but think Serena Green had style cursing her at the same time as he watched her hang from the side of the helicopter as it took off. Their eyes locked when she ascended, the bright lights of the chopper fading into the early morning darkness. Luke's awe and slight euphoria from still being alive was quickly shattered when he saw the two massive semi-trucks make their way down the side of the parking lot and turn onto the main road. God damn it, he shouted, looking for any clue of Jack and Eamon. Maybe they didn't make it, he said out loud, flashing mental instructions to Bosco to keep watch over Gomes, the lab-coated asshole he had just tackled. Luke sprinted back through the door and down the hallway to the grow area, lungs bursting and feet barely touching the concrete floor as he raced across the interior of the massive manufacturing facility toward the loading dock. He ran so hard he was unable to calm down and connect with Jack. He tried not to think of what might have happened to him and Eamon as he ran past the main vault in sheer panic mode. He took a hard right and ran directly into Jack and Eamon, arms and legs going everywhere as they hit the ground. Shit, Jack said, pushing himself up. What the hell are you doing? Eamon asked Luke, brushing himself off. Well, saving your asses. What the hell does it look like I'm doing here? Where the hell is Quan anyway? Luke shouted, looking around for him. We had to take care of the trucks. We were just going back to get him, Jack said. Wait a minute. What part of go get Quan and then take care of the trucks did you two not understand, Luke yelled. Shut the fuck up and let's go get them. You're not helping by yelling, Jack shouted back. Eamon lifted him up and they hobbled quickly down the hall toward the vault. Within seconds, Jack had opened the vault door and they pulled out the set of keys, eyeing one that looked familiar. They rushed through the vault toward the room in which Quan had been in prison, Jack looking through the small peephole of the window to see if he was still all right. Unfucking believable, Jack muttered, staring through the glass. What? Luke couldn't help but fear the worst. He's not dead, is he? The color drained from Luke's face. Eamon looked like a statue, too scared to move. Take a look, Jack said, pointing toward the window. Luke had wished Quan dead a thousand times, but now faced with the possibility that he was really dead, his gut ached and his heart pounded through Beth's cat suit. 
He moved toward the door and looked in. Unfucking believable, Luke said, looking back at Jack, eyebrows raised. Luke took another look through the glass at what appeared to be a half-naked, tangled mass of arms and legs flailing about, clothes on the floor, and nastity riding Quan like a rented mule. Apparently, if she was going to go out, she was going to go out with a literal bang. He looked back at Jack again. She's going to fuck that poor bastard to death if she keeps that up, Luke said. Eamon pushed Luke aside and stood gawking at the lovers before a huge smile engulfed his face. God damn, ride him, nastity, he whispered. They all had a decision to make. Let Quan finish Paul Revere's last ride or go after the trucks. Fuck this, Luke said, banging on the door as loud as he could, flashing a big grin through the window. He saw them grab their clothes and give Jack the sign to open the door.